0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 3. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: Jesus liberated women. Feminists say, oh, Christianity, all is submit to women, submit... Women submit to their husbands all that. Oh, that's just putting women in bondage and carrying on. No, it isn't. It's setting women free. Jesus sets people free. Somebody come on, clap your hands and say amen. (laughs) Do it. Do it. It's awesome. Galatians 3.28 tells us there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ. Jesus did not come to condemn. Not everybody can say there's no condemnation over my life. Only those who are in Christ are not condemned. Some people are in Christ and not condemned, and some people are not in Christ and are condemned. Over and over in the Bible, we see some are in Christ, some are outside of Christ. Paul is not a universalist. Everybody's not going to heaven. Amen. That makes nice Hallmark stuff. Everybody going to heaven, we're all going to pine the sky and run through the fields, the fields, and the heavenlies, beautiful blue skies, and in heaven. Everybody ain't going to heaven, that's just the truth. Don't shoot the messenger, amen. Y'all looking at me like that's a bummer, it kind of is, but I didn't write it. If I had my way, listen. Everybody go to heaven. But I didn't write it. I didn't read nothing about no dogs going to be in heaven either. <laughs> Somebody said all dogs go to heaven. This write a movie about all dogs go to heaven. Don't get me wrong. I love dogs. I got a dog. Y'all know I got a dog. Walk by my office. You will know I have a dog, okay? My dog's big and And he will make his presence known. And uh, I love dogs. I love animals too. I mean, I love my dog. I really love my, if you know me, you know I love my German shepherd. I have a German shepherd. He is beautiful. Just beautiful. I love my dog. But he ain't going to heaven. Which is a bummer to me. Because someday I'm going to have to part with my dog. It's very difficult. I can part with my children quicker than I can my dog. (laughs) You know that ain't right. That just ain't right. That ain't right. It ain't right. It ain't right. It ain't right. But you know what? Let the truth set you free. Let it set you free. Hallelujah. Thank you. Jesus Jesus said in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, I got it for you on the screen. Y'all know my voice is tired. Come on, read that for me. I am beat. (laughs) Read it for me. Enter now by the gate, by the gate. For wide is the gate. I'm sorry, and broad is the way. Now, now, listen. I want you to write this down. There are two gates. Simple as this. There are two gates, two ways, and two destinations. Biblically. Two gates, two ways, two destinations. There's a wide gate and the narrow gate. The wide gate, many will enter. The narrow gate, few will enter. There's the broad way and the narrow way. And listen, at all costs, avoid Broadway. (laughs) You'll get that on the way home. It's a bummer. Avoid it. The broad way will be all those who walk in darkness. The broad way will be those going after humanism and atheism and pluralism and inclusivism and any other ism that denies God. The Broadway is a popular way and many are on that street. The narrow way is less populated. And again, few find that way. It's called the narrow road, the God road, the king's highway. The narrow way isn't the popular way. The crowd isn't flocking to this way. The narrow way is difficult to get through. The narrow way is the way of holiness and truth and light and life. Proverbs sixteen twenty There is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of, anybody know? Death or destruction. And you and I must choose which way to take. Someone once said it is better to walk a lonely road with Jesus than to be without him in a crowd. Did you get that? It's better to walk a lonely road with Jesus than to be without him in a crowd. Amen. Don't expect your friends to go through the narrow gate with you. You're going to have to go it alone. You're going to have to stand on your own. Don't we sing about it? Don't none go with me, yet I will follow. I've decided to follow Jesus. Don't turn it back, don't turn it back. Don't none go with me, yet I will follow. You got to be willing to follow Jesus, and sometimes you got to follow him alone because a narrow gate, is narrow two gates two ways two destinations one leads to destruction and the other leads to eternal life one leads to life and light and the other leads to destruction and eternal darkness and you say come on ronnie you don't believe in hell do you i absolutely do jesus absolutely did jesus wasn't your normal user-friendly pastor Jesus spoke more about hell than any other preacher. And the reason he did is because he's been there and he doesn't want anyone else to go there. God doesn't want you to go there. This text clearly is saying, Jesus is saying that not everyone is going to heaven. There are two roads in life. One leads to heaven. Are you listening? And the other leads to hell. There are many on the road to hell. They just don't know it. There are many good, decent, religious people who think they're going to heaven and they're not. An old Negro spiritual says, everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. That's very, very true. Only by being in Christ does Christ's condemnation become your condemnation. Listen close. Christ's condemnation becomes your condemnation. If you want to say now and at the last judgment, there is no condemnation for me, because Jesus endured it for me, then you have to be in Jesus. And if you're in Him, what happened to Him happens to you. We've all heard Jesus died for the whole world. That's true. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But what that means is that there is infinite room in Jesus, not that the whole world's going to heaven. Huh? You got me? But that there is room for any who would call upon his name. There's room. Jesus is not a small hotel. There's room for everybody. And everyone is invited. Somebody once wrote a song, a hymn that says, there is room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. So what if you don't come? What if you don't believe? or you don't receive. Verse 36 tells us he who believes in the son has life and he who does not obey the son will not see life but the wrath of God abides on him. The wrath of God and the condemnation of God is taken away in Christ. Look at verse 19 in your Bibles. It tells us this is the judgment that light has come into the world. This word light is used 272 times in the Bible. And we're going to review every single one of them right now. I'm just kidding. The Bible has a lot to say about light. Genesis 1-3, you want to jot down? Genesis 1-3, God said, let there be light. Psalm 27-1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Psalm 36-9, I like this one. In your light, we see light. In your light, we see light. Psalm 118, 27, God is the Lord and he has given us light. Proverbs six twenty three. the law is light. Psalm one nineteen one o five. 105, the word is a lamp. Somebody say it. The word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, 130, the entrance of thy word gives light. Ephesians 5, 8 tells us that we are to walk as children of light. John 1, 4 through 9, John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Over and over, the Bible talks about light and darkness. And obviously in our text, the light that that came into the world is Jesus. Then the purpose of light is to expose, reveal, illuminate, shine. Light enables people to do their work. Light represents what is good, pure, holy, and true, and reliable, Light exposes what exists, whether it's good or bad. In the dark, good and evil look alike. In the light, they can be clearly distinguished. When Jesus came in the world, light came in the world. First John, memory verse, 1 John 1, 5, tells us God is light. The Bible doesn't say God is a light. It says God is light. Am I right? God is light light god is light means god is perfectly holy and true and that he alone can guide people out of darkness of sin god is light sums up the divine character god is love sums up his moral nature god is light and whenever god is wherever god is the light of his truth shines brightly the truth about all things comes When the light is revealed, the truth about God, the truth about ourselves, the truth about the way to God, the truth about what is good and what is beautiful, the truth about what is ugly, all right thinking and all right doing is defined and measured by Jesus, the light. And everyone in verse 20 and 21, look at it. And everyone practicing evil hates the light, hates Jesus, and does not come to the light. Jesus lest his deeds should be exposed. And Jesus, says, listen, is digging into our souls right here. And he's explaining why some people don't believe and some people do. Some don't come to the light because their deeds are evil and will be exposed. Think about that. When you go to a nightclub, nightclubs are dark, seedy, aren't they? Just dark. Why? Because evil stuff is happening in these dark nightclubs. They only turn on the lights when they're giving each other Grammys. Isn't that true? Evil deeds are done in darkness. Crime and immorality and drugs and sin. Now listen, don't misunderstand. Now watch this. Stay with me. Jesus is not saying that no sin happens in the light. He's not saying that he's not saying no sin happens in public because we know that's not true. Plenty of sin is flaunted in the light and in public. And the reason it's flaunted in the light is because Jesus has been so evicted and rejected in that area that sin gets a stamp of approval. You go to some places, go to some cities and they parade their sin right down the street. Am I right about it? They parade their sin right down the street. How do they do that? How can they do that? How is it some cities and some locations and are are just more wicked and evil and sin is paraded down the streets and people are yay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And giving camera coverage and news coverage and all this. Why? Because Christ has been so evicted and rejected in that area that sin in that area now has a stamp of approval. In other words, where darkness abounds publicly, you can sin publicly. When Christ, the light of the world, begins to shine on a person's life, it either leads him into repentance or it drives him further into darkness. Loving darkness and hating the light reveals the guilt in the heart. And that's why your friends don't like being around you because you are light. Somebody say amen. Because you are light. I'm waiting while you clap your hands to do something. Because you are light, and when you, as a Christian, and you're light, and because light is harsh in darkness, just harsh. You ever be in a dark room, like you're sleeping or something, you're like everything's dark room, and you know, and then somebody like comes in and turns on the light, and you're like, oh man, hey, 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 yeah, because. Light and darkness is harsh because light and darkness cannot coexist. Period. If this room is dark, when you walk in this room, you turn on the light, the darkness has to flee. That's why you don't get along with certain people. Maybe that's why in your marriage there might be problems, problem because if one is walking in the light and one is walking in darkness, Houston, we have a problem. 'Cause one wants to pray, hey honey, let's pray and you know, hey, let's get together. Well I don't feel like praying. Do we have to pray? Hey, let's read the word together, you know. Well read the word. Let's go to church. Well, we go to church all the time. Let's stay home. Light and darkness. That's why being married to someone who doesn't know Jesus is whore, it's hell. And I ain't cussing, y'all. I'm just telling you. Some of y'all are like, ooh, the pastor cussing. <laughs> I'm not cussing. I'm just saying it's like the, the lower abyss. <laughs> it is. It's terrible. It's horrible. Because you're on two different pages. You're in two different worlds. You're in two different spheres. One is walking in the light, the other is walking in darkness, and and the two can't mix. That's why it's important to marry and love and and be on one page when it comes to spiritual things. And I know nowadays it's common like, well, we're going to let the kids decide, you know. Well, I'm I'm this religion, they're that religion, and we're just going to make it work. No, you are not. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm going to. Don't shoot the messenger. Listen, the truth be told is you must be on the same page when it comes to spiritual things. Listen, if you're dating and that person is not a Christian, you need to run for the hills. (laughs) Hallelujah. Run with Bible in hand. I'm trying to help you. You better listen. Get with somebody who don't know the Lord and see what your life be like. I'm going to leave that alone because y'all, y'all, y'all acting like I'm like stuffing on your toes. Say out your amen. Light, by definition, has no darkness in it at all. For there to be darkness, there must be the absence of light. Darkness isn't something. It's the absence of something. You can't make darkness darker. You can contain it. You can't contain it. And, and, give it, and give it to me in a jar. The Bible tells us to walk in the light. Walk in the light. Walking in the light is not how you walk. It's where you walk. Walking in the light is not how you walk. It's where you walk. Verse 21, I'm coming in for land. Let y'all go get you some chicken or something. I don't know what you ever. Whosoever. Look okay, at verse 21. Whosoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. This verse reads like, whoever goes on doing what is true, acting in accordance with the light, will always come to the light and not run away from it. Interesting. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, and yet he's exposing himself to the true light. Now, notice the contrast between the believer and the unbeliever in our text. The contrast is not one hates the light and the other loves it, although that's true and that's important. The contrast is not the unbeliever will not come to Jesus and the believer will, although that's true and that's important. The contrast is the believer, the one who loves the light, the one who comes to Jesus, comes by the grace of God. And he comes with a profound sense of God dependency and humility that everything good and every good thing that he does is able to be done only in God or by God's grace. The main point here is that there is a, listen to me, there is a kind of judgment that came into the world when Jesus came into the world. And this judgment reveals that the guilt of not coming to Jesus lies in the heart of man that loves the darkness and hates the light. But the grace of coming to Jesus comes from the heart of God. Or to put it another way, unbelief is our fault and belief is God's gift, which means if you don't come, you will perish and you will magnify God's justice. And if you do come to Christ, you'll gain eternal life, and you'll magnify God's grace. Either way, God is magnified. Am I right about that? Either way, if you don't come, I don't think I want to be a Christian. Well, listen, when God judges you, you will not be able to say, I did not know. Remember last week? Didn't I tell you last week, I told you last week, there's going to be a DVD. Didn't I tell you, it's going to be a big old celestial flat screen. DVD HD. And God's going to show a nice close-up shot of you in the audience at Calvary Chapel. And then he's going to show a nice close-up shot of, he's going to back out and get a full view of the sanctuary, a panoramic view. Then he's going to come in on me. (laughs) I don't know why I'm doing this. Then he's going to come in on me. And then he's going to say, you knew. That's why he told you about my love. That's why he told you about the judgment of God and the condemnation of God and God does not want to condemn you. He didn't come in the world to condemn folk. He came in the world that folk might be saved through him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He told you and you rejected that and therefore you stand in judgment. Depart from me, you work of iniquity that never knew you. You stand in judgment and God's justice is magnified because he is right. He is right and you are wrong. Or I wanna come to Christ, great. You give your heart to Jesus, great, wonderful. And God's grace is magnified because he took a sinner like me. Hmm. January 23rd, 1982, took a sinner like me, street kid from Philly, doing drugs all my life didn't stop doing drugs till God set me free. To whom sunset free is free indeed, January 23rd, 1982. Set me free just like that. Done. Took the drugs right out of my life. Saved me. Filled me. Kept me. And although my foot almost slipped, he grabbed me. And God has kept me over these years. Now it's been 30 years of walking with Jesus. 30 years. And now... And now God holds me up as a trophy of his grace. See, either way, God is magnified in his justice or in his grace. God is always magnified. The source of eternal life is Jesus. The force of eternal life is atonement. And the remorse of eternal life is judgment. And finally, if someone dies and goes to hell and is condemned, then they do it over Jesus' dead body. John three sixteen, come on, stand with me, and keep your Bible open. Stand with me and keep your Bible open. John three sixteen. and I'm gonna tell you something. John three sixteen. I want you to re- now. Listen, I want you to read it. And I want you to read it like you mean it. Read it like it's your last time reading it. Read it like after you read it, God gonna rapture. He gonna take us all out of here. All right. That'd be a nice thing, wouldn't it? Then you don't have to worry about going get no chicken. (laughs) Because he got like a big old potluck up there. It's called the marriage feast. So he probably got some chicken, some steak, and some. I'm delirious chapter 3. Look at verse 16. Come on, read verse 16 with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina.